Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, January 26th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got some games to pick today. That's right. The AFC and NFC Championship games are this weekend. We will be discussing those right off the top. Uh, But along with that, there is quite a bit of news going on in college football, in the NFL, etc. We're going to hit all of that after we give the picks uh, and I'm going to wait until after we actually give out picks to do the rundown. Chris, uh, everything going well with you, my friend? Yeah, man. Yeah, just running all over uh, this crazy state of ours. I can uh, I can certainly understand that the uh, the tri-state area as it is. You uh, yeah, you you constantly driving, man. You are constantly busy. So that's the well, way the, that it goes. The, the, the store has has slowed that down a whole lot, but a couple of days a week now, I've got to just I'm still going to do the flooring stuff. So. That's, that's what's sense. paying the bills right now, so that's what we're going to do. Now, that certainly, certainly makes sense. Let's go ahead and dive into these things. We don't want to take people's time too much. Um, we'll start off with the AFC title game. This one is at 2 p.m. Central Time on CBS. And, my friend, the Cincinnati Bengals heading to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are a seven-point favorite. Uh, regular juice on it, minus 110. Total is 54 and a half. Of course, the odds always brought to you by BetUS. That is where the game begins. Uh, okay, what so did, I, did you say the number was? I thought I heard the minus 110. Uh, it, it's seven. That Chiefs favored by oh, seven. Uh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, favored by seven. Total is 54 and a half. It, when I look at this, so we talked on the Monday morning show about our guesses for this, and I thought that it would be closer to five and a half or six. As I went back and looked, if you throw in home field advantage, all that good stuff, the line is exactly where it should be. I mean, it is dead on the number. Uh, Let's let's go through some of these matchup breakdowns, okay? Uh, EPA per play, Cincinnati offense is number 11 against the Kansas City defense, which is number 24. Drop back EPA, so passing EPA, uh, Cincinnati offense is number seven against the number 23 defense for the Chiefs and rushing EPA. Neither one of these teams really rushes the ball all that much. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati number 21, Kansas City's defense is number 18. On the opposite side, Kansas City number one in EPA per play, Cincy's defense number 11. Uh, drop back EPA, Kansas City number one, Cincy number 12 on defense. Uh, rushing EPA, Kansas City actually number 10 and Cincinnati's defense is number 15. Cincinnati is average at just about everything on the field other than passing the football, right? They are really good at throwing the football. Um, But when you look at at last week's game between the Chiefs and the Bills, 
the Bills were great in almost every defensive statistical category, and they still could not stop Patrick Mahomes. In this situation, I thought really hard about going with the Bengals here, but man, it, it seems like Kansas City has turned this thing on offensively, and I don't know that I don't know that Cincinnati will be able to keep up. I think it's going to be a barn burner. I would certainly lean to the over 54 and a half. But man, I think I'm going to ride with the Chiefs. Like they have been on fire here lately and and I can't ignore that as much as I want to pull against them. Uh, I think my money's going to have to be on Kansas City. So, I am going to obviously go with the Bengals. Of course. Um I I think this offense can score with the Chiefs. Um I think the Chiefs getting stopped sometimes is a little smoke and mirrors um, and a little bit luck. Uh, and I could be wrong about that. Now, this Chiefs defense is is a little is a little touch and go here. They are really good at turning the football over. They are not always good at stopping people. Um, and and that is one of those situations where if you get the turnovers, it's it's easy to win games. And if you don't, you you can kind of get blown out. Um, so, the, so there's a gamble there. Patrick Mahomes just does not the football over. That doesn't mean other people don't help. And uh, man, I just, I just think. Look, we watched this game a couple of weeks back, by the way. Yes. And yes. Cincinnati won that game. Okay. So the idea that people think, because there's a large section of the public believes Cincinnati doesn't even belong in this game, and that the Chiefs are just going to roll them, and that could happen. Right. But the idea that, you know, these two teams played just a few weeks back, not not at the beginning of the season, just a few weeks back. And, uh, and, and so I know that game was at Cincinnati. I don't know that home field advantage is just going to matter at all. So. I mean, it, it certainly did not last week, right? We, we saw three of the road teams uh, go on the road and actually get wins. So, you know, I don't know that it's certainly home field advantage. It's normally baked into numbers. Um, but, man, when I look at this, I just, I, I'm just i having a hard time going against the Chiefs right now, although I am going to be pulling for Joe Burrow. I will, I will certainly say that. So that is, uh, that's the way that I'm leaning. I'll roll Chiefs. You will roll Cincinnati on this. Let's move to there, – There's a hang on. Can I, can I talk about this yeah, one second? I yeah, want to talk ahead. about this game. There's Absolutely. one other factor that nobody's bringing up here, okay? And, and that is the – if you take Tom Brady out of this equation, if you take the Patriots and what they did for 20 years out of the equation, okay? And I know that, you know, that's asking a lot. That seems a bit extreme and whatever. We're, we're assuming that the Chiefs are going to make it to four straight Super Bowls? Uh, this would be the third straight. Well, third straight Super Bowl. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, the, fourth the straight The last AFC title game in all. Yes. Okay. So yeah, like, three three like straight. I mean, that's just that's that's a, that's a lot of big assumptions, and I know that they're the heavy favorites, heavy favorites, and I know that that is the um, easy assumption if you've watched them play. But I've just been watching football for almost my entire life, and I we just don't see this very often. We saw one team do this, and so if the ball's going to bounce funny and go the other way, if if the call is going to go wrong, if you know, so many weird things happen in a football game to make one team win and the other team lose. To just work under the assumption that the quote-unquote better team is always going to win, football's just not the game you want to play for that. 
Uh, you were not wrong about that. We obviously saw it last week multiple times, um, at least with the home field teams, right? I, I think we you, you could maybe make the statement that the 49ers, when fully healthy, uh, could be a better team than the uh, the Packers. Uh, I mean, the Rams, when fully healthy, better team than no, the no, Bucks, no, 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 no. You can't do. You can absolutely do that with the Rams. One hundred percent, the Rams beat the Bucks head head up earlier in the season. That argument can make. There's there's no argument that you can make with the Rams with the uh, Packers team and the 49ers team that the 49ers weren't head and shoulders beneath them. They were substantially less than them. If everybody is one hundred percent healthy. Not happen, and you just can't hmm. make that argument. Okay? You just can't. The Packers well, were undoubtedly the best team in the league all year long in both conferences. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, maybe I just I look at at total DVOA. I'm looking at numbers. I'm looking at you know all that, and I think you well, know, I watch football. I don't yeah. do any of that shit. I watch football. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that Packers team is substantially better than everybody else, and they were their body of work all year long. And it wasn't close, but I asked. Okay, okay. I can get with you. I can get with you. Um, all right, so so the Chiefs offense that has been uh, awesome. I mean, just absolutely awesome since about week Unstoppable. four. Unstoppable. Uh, I mean, would that be the best offense in football, you feel? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't think anybody's arguing that. Okay, so that's <laughs> that's where I'm going with this. But hang is, on now, hang on. It ain't, it ain't since about week four. Okay, it was about week seven or eight. Yeah, right? when they really started clicking in. Because right. I made I made a, a large sum of money at the beginning of the season just with them just not being able to cover a game and everything was tight and everything was close. True, true. And even when they played against Cincinnati uh, later on in the year when they lost, you know, on the road, they still put up 31 points in that game. I mean, they still had opportunities yeah. to uh, to win that game. Their defense has been their, their Achilles heel and maybe that's what this will be. Like, maybe the offensive line will protect. Who knows? Uh, but like I said, I'm going to ride with the Chiefs right now uh, in playoff mode. Uh, of course, Joe Burrow, undefeated in playoff games. That includes uh, bowl games, anything. Any kind of postseason game, Joe Burrow has not lost. So, we shall see. We shall see. Since he is plus seven, you are riding with the Bengals. I'm riding with the Chiefs. Let's move over to the NFC Championship game. And that is at 5.30 p.m. Central Time on Fox. The 49ers head to SoFi Stadium to take on the Rams. Rams are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, juiced at even money. If you want to take the favorite, if you want to take the 49ers, uh, that would be minus 120. So you were giving up quite a bit of juice there. Total is 46-and-a-half on this one, Chris. And, you know, 49ers beat them twice this season, uh, 31-10 to back in week, what, 10, I believe? And then in week 18... The 49ers beat them in L.A. in overtime, 27-24. And I, let, let's go through some of the matchups here. EPA per play, 49ers offense is number nine, Rams defense six. Uh, drop back EPA, number eight for the 49ers offense, number six for the Rams defense. And rushing EPA, 49ers number nine, Rams defense is number 10. On the opposite side, the Rams offense, number seven in EPA per play. The 49ers defense is actually number 12 uh, the Rams drop back EPA, number three in the National Football League. The 49ers defense is only number 19 against the pass. And on the other side, the Rams offense, number 27 in rushing EPA. They were not able to run the ball hardly at all this season. And with that, uh, the 49ers defense is number three 
in rushing EPA. It, it's a bit of a mismatch because the Rams are not going to be able to run the football in this game, which I think is what has happened in the earlier two games. The 49ers can focus on that passing attack and finding ways to disrupt it. This The number to me should be closer to two here. So I am certainly going to ride with the 49ers at, at plus three and a half. It just seems like too much. And, and even with the juice, I think it's yep. the better bet. But I, I I worry about this because obviously the Rams are so incredibly talented. You and I have talked about this. So give me your thoughts here. I you know I'm going to ride with the 49ers. I think they can win the game outright. I mean, they've already done it twice. I, I think this is going to be a tight ball game. I think it's going to be a tight ball game. I think it's going to be a lower scoring ball game, uh, as all good 49er games are. Uh, and and I think we got really good Stafford last week because they just couldn't get pressure on him. The Bucks couldn't. I don't think the 49ers are going to have a problem getting this pressure on Stafford. I think we're going to have a tough Stafford game. Um, I would take the 49ers as well and give you the pick now. Um, I, this, is, this is just a classic case of a team of superstars coming together trying to win a championship real quick. And, it, you know, that shit works in, in baseball in uh, basketball. It, it, it rarely works in foot, uh, football or baseball. And, you know, got a lot of stars. They got a lot of fanfare. But um, right now, L.A. is trying desperately to keep 49er fans from buying up tickets. And 49er <laughs> fans are putting out a, a – um, like a publicity of red out LA and they are going to fill the stadium with 49er fans. And you know what? I, I think we're going to get at best, best case scenario for the Rams. We're going to get 50. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, I mean, they did this in week 18. Now, obviously the Rams already had uh, their play. Well, that was a regular spot, season so game. And this, that, and other. So you yeah. got to assume that the Rams are going to have fans that show up for a playoff game. But how many people live in L.A. that grew up 49 fans, that grew up Montana fans, that True. all are adults now in the prime of their life and have disposable income to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands of dollars in L.A. to try to go to a football game, a playoff game? Well, and, and you those, and I have I, talked I, about I this. I guarantee like, the majority of those are 49ers fans because the majority of that age group of Rams fans, the Rams were in St. Louis their entire life. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Is so, we've talked about this. How have, many LA fans are actually Rams fans? Seventies and the sixties to know the Rams in LA. Oh yeah, I mean but, you've but got if you were more a child of the eighties or nineties or early two thousands, <laughs> you don't know the Rams of LA. No, no, you you only know the Raiders. That's your thing. Yeah. LA is a Raiders well, town. But, but you also follow the other, like like I I know a lot of people that are in the LA area, grew up in the LA area. It's, you know whatever. And, and there's a lot of Charger fans. There's a lot of 49ers fans. There's a lot of Raiders fans. There were almost zero Rams fans. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, so you were taking the 49ers. I am taking the 49ers. Uh, the three and a half just seems like it might be too much. This feels like a field goal game for sure. Hopefully, it will be as good as all of the games were last week. That's what I'm hoping before for. Before we get into things. the news, yeah. before we get into yeah. the news, I, I want to I bring up one thing that I saw today. And this just makes me laugh, and it makes me smile so much. Um, <laughs> Odell Beckham, in his contract, the 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 Rams owe him seven hundred fifty thousand dollars as part of his deal for this year. Okay, oh, okay. And and he negotiated. The, the, he played the majority of the season, or most of the season, yeah, in Cleveland and whatever, and they're responsible for the bulk of it and all that jazz. Anyway, seven hundred fifty k is is his salary for this year. Okay, 
he negotiated it all in Bitcoin. And um, as of right now, Odell Beckham this year, if he held on to all his Bitcoin as he's been paid, he uh, he's around 200K for the year. I, I know a guy that runs a pizza place here in Memphis that's going to make more than Odell. <laughs> No, I mean, Odell's obviously got endorsement contracts and everything else. Oh, no, no, he'll, he'll you on his, his salary for playing football. I've got a guy that runs a pizza joint. That makes know, more. That, that, <laughs> that, that's going to make more than him, all right? Okay? <laughs> and, 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 like, and, like, and some of that's because it's not just uh, Bitcoin is just tanked and, and all that stuff, as many things have dropped. Uh, it's, it's also um, to take into effect to get to that 200K he's netting is, uh, is the 50.3% in uh, taxes that the beautiful state of California imposes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That here in Memphis, you don't have a state tax. Well, that's, see, that's so, the thing. I think a lot of people don't realize when these players negotiate that their contracts be paid in Bitcoin, it first has to be paid in U.S. dollars, and then it is converted. Right. So the tax no, money has well, to come Here's out. the thing. Oh, oh, that's the shit part. No, no, no. That's right. He's being taxed for the whole 750. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. not being taxed on the for whatever it is if it was just Bitcoin. No. Damn, I didn't think of that. Oh, yeah. No, that's... I mean, it has to first be because it's, you know... It might be less than 200K then. I, it literally might be. It literally might be because it, he's being taxed for that whole 750. It's... Uh, he's, he's, taxed, he's taxed on the whole 750. This crypto I stuff, I forgot man. it. Oh, so that's the math I didn't do. Anyway, I, yeah, look, <laughs> Odell's a great player. He's also a goofball. And I, this is just one of those things that I just thought was funny. I saw it, and I thought it was funny. And I thought, man, you know. Everybody thinks hey. they can find a way to get ahead of the system, you know? Well, nobody's getting away. Listen, remember I, I went on the rant about being an anarchist a while back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you start taxing people at 50% of, of, of my labor? Ooh, brother. Bro, ooh, you, you better bring a big stick to come get that check. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. I love it. I love it. Uh, let me go ahead and do the rundown right quick since uh, since we did not start off with that. Um, the website, winningcureseverything.com. Go and check out everything you need to know about us over there, the podcast, the videos, etc. every segment, everything you need to know to subscribe, etc. We'll be right there, winningcureseverything.com. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. You can leave a nice five-star written review over at Spotify and Apple Podcast as well. Uh, the YouTube channel. Brother, we are ever so close. Lifetime views. We are less than 20,000 away from hitting 1 million. So if everybody would please kindly go over to the YouTube page, watch as many videos as you possibly can, help us get to that mile marker. Uh, we are almost to 5,500 subscribers as well. So uh, share the show out. Tell your friends. Jump into the comments. We would love to hear everybody. And if you're watching this right now, Make sure and like the video for us, and of course, subscribe. That certainly helps out with the algorithms and all that good stuff. The show is brought to you by BetUS. Every single time out, they are America's premier online sportsbook. Go over to BetUS.com. It is where the game begins. Tons of bonuses right now. There is a link in the description if you just want to click on that. That'll make it 10 times easier for you. So go ahead and click over there, BetUS.com, where the game begins. Also, I host the BetUS College Football Show. Every Wednesday during the postseason, we'll call it the postseason and then the preseason because there is no offseason. You guys know how this works. But uh, but the BetUS College Football Show is still rocking and rolling all through the uh, quote-unquote offseason. We'll say that, whatever. Postseason, preseason. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Let's dive into the first big topic of the day, and that would be Sean Payton, the head coach of, well, I guess now former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, has announced that he is stepping away from the Saints job, as in he is leaving. The article headline over at WDSU, which is down in New Orleans, said Sean Payton set to announce retirement. And then it goes through, Chris, it says, uh, Sean Payton announced his retirement Tuesday in a news conference. And then they go back on it, right? It says, Payton spoke with the media announcing he is stepping away from the team as head coach. He addressed media rumors of him taking a job in broadcasting or another head coaching job. And he stopped short of calling his move retirement or labeling his decision at all. He said, I don't know what is next. So this is, uh, this is very interesting because he's only 58 years old. He has been coaching though since 1988 so he's he's been at this for quite some time this is uh it's strange he's leaving 45 million dollars on the table he was highly highly compensated he has a contract through the 2024 season it's hard to walk away from 45 million dollars but man it's like it's been tough yeah for these last three years, years of work yeah it, 45 I mean, mil for three years of work whew. It, it's been a hard road for the last, what, two, three years for them trying to figure out what Drew Brees was going to do, and then he thought he had his quarterback, and um, Taysom Hill has not been exactly what Sean Payton, la- I guess, labeled him as. I, this is, I mean, it's strange that he would leave right now. Again, he's only 58 years old. Uh, he has had COVID twice, so he's had to be away from the team for that. Uh, he's had some other medical stuff go on. He, I mean, it's just... All kind of different stuff uh, going on with him over the past however many years. I just give me your thoughts here. I just I don't know what to make of this. Yeah, I was curious: is this a retirement or is this a, I'd like to do something else, to be with another team? Because this is a long time to stay with a team, right? Like yeah. you just don't have coaches last that long with the organization. Like what he has done is is not normal okay what Bill Belichick has done in New England is is not normal like it's normal for guys to be at a place for five to ten years and then at some point in time they they find a new home doing something else being somewhere else fresh start new challenge you know everybody's wanting to build something differently Uh, so I don't I don't begrudge him or think that there's anything weird or abnormal about this, um, it doesn't surprise me or shock me. If he sits out and doesn't coach, that that would be surprising. That would shock me. That I would not have uh, believed uh, was going to happen. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm more curious now where, where it's going to end up and when it's going to end up there. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's my thought more than likely. I, I find it really funny and I, I've made this shot. We talked about this um, recently. Uh, I brought up, you know, Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys and how, you know, low paying. Uh, Jerry Jones has been historically the head coach and the coaching staff. Oh, yeah. And all the Cowboys fans immediately are like, well, he's going to be the next Cowboys coach. Because him and Jerry do have a relationship. Yeah, okay? no, he was like, the quarterback's they, coach in uh, 2004 through – or no, 2003 through 05, yeah, I think. no. And they've seemingly had, like, a pretty nice relationship for a while. Uh, I remember after they won the Super Bowl, it, they were at some, like, super – high-end steakhouse restaurant, whatever. And there's like this giant magnum bottle of wine brought in just for Jerry Jones. And Sean Payton was like, oh, that's Jerry? He was like, yeah, Jerry's coming in next week. He was like, "Uh, nope, we're going to drink that wine. And so Sean and his party drank the wine. They bought the wine. They drank the wine. And then he signed the bottle with like a letter to Jerry. So this isn't just a we used to work together relationship. These two two men know one another. Yes. Okay? And they and they seem to like one another, but but let me tell you something. Jerry Jones has never paid more than four million dollars a year in his life to a head coach. Okay, it ain't that he don't have the money; he's just never thought it was important enough to spend it on his position. And if you think he's gonna ratchet it up to ten from four, you're insane. And if you think Sean Payton is going to work for less money because he likes Jerry. I also believe you are insane. Oh, most certainly. I, I just don't see any way that that happens. I, I, I mean, I know, 40, I don't $45 million over the next three years. Like, we, yeah, you're talking closer to 15. That's what he's, no, he's definitely not leaving for less. And he might take less. So, like, let's say the next guy signs him, you know, he wants a new try or whatever, and they sign him for an eight, nine million deal. That's a, that's a long road to hoe to get from four. And it's funny because we're talking about a guy that's a billionaire. Okay, that four million dollars, Jerry doesn't even know, right? Like, like every day the Dow goes on another notch, he loses a hundred times that. But yeah. he's just never. So it's not that he doesn't have the money; it's trying to convince someone. And this is what I talked about last time I brought it up. And I'll kind of quit beating this dead horse. It's trying to convince somebody who's been wealthy and successful for so long in their life. That something that they don't think is important is now really actually important. Yeah, you have a very valid point. Uh, he felt like he could just pull Mike McCarthy off the scrap heap, and and look, they were successful this well, year. He did the same thing with Jason Garrett for a decade. So this is not just the Mike McCarthy thing, okay? Oh yeah, like, no, agree. Jason Garrett was a coach for a long, long, long time, and he was not that very good of a coach. No, no, he was. But he, he just didn't coach. value the head coaching position. He didn't think they were losing or winning games because of the coach. Because he doesn't think the coaching matters. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. I don't know that. I've never heard Jerry say that. I've never talked to Jerry. Or, 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 I, I think it. I think it's just been proven. Right? It mattered. Yeah. You think a guy worth billions and billions of dollars wouldn't actually invest in the position if he thought it mattered. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. The longest tenured head coaches, by the way, uh, Belichick, of course, number one. He's been there since 2000. Yeah, not close. Um, yeah, that's my Sean Payton was number two, uh, 2006. Right. Sean Payton was number two, and that's abnormal. You got it. Hey, can you name uh, three, four, and five? Oh, Jesus. 
Um, I bet they're not very long. Andy Reid's got to be up there coming well, up soon. Well, Andy Reid is uh, six. Five. Uh, let's see. Number five is Pete Carroll. So, Pete Carroll's been at Seattle longer than Andy Reid's been at Kansas City? Andy Reid and Kansas City was 2013. Uh, Pete Carroll and Seattle oh, was 2010. Not- Okay. All right. Okay. So that's not, that's not as long as I thought. So, so now we're looking for one. we're looking for three and four. Um. Oh, I don't want to do the boring thing and just you. Uh, you'll know these. You'll you'll know. I know. These. I'll know them, but I, I'm just not thinking of them. And I'm driving. I'm just trying. How about to... how about this? Uh, there's a it's a rivalry in a division oh, that you know really well. Oh, it's John. It's it's John Harbaugh and um and uh, oh my oh my God, Rangers Mike here. Tomlin. <laughs> Yeah. Tomlin, I, I, yeah. yeah, Tomlin was 07 and uh, Harbaugh was 08. So, and yeah. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna bet after you get by Andy, Pete and Andy, I, I'm gonna bet it goes down. Like, oh yeah, nobody's been in a job longer than five years. Oh no, number seven was uh, Sean McDermott, and then number eight is Sean McVay, and then Kyle Shanahan is number nine. Yeah, that that like, group of guys all got hired on what five six years ago. Uh, all of them were in 2017. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right, it's right on the nuts with five years. Pretty yeah. insane, pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, you going back? No, what Sean Payton has done. This is this is why I don't think this is a like I I've, I've got a lot of Saints friends in my life, and and they are all like they feel some of them, not all, some of them feel very like blindsided by this and very like angry or upset and like like he did us wrong. I'm thinking he he did this job for a long one day. One day, Bill Belichick is going to say, I don't want to do this anymore. And, and even if he left and then went to another team to try to do something else for a couple of years, like, that's fine. It's fine. He's been here for 20 years. How long, how long do I owe, like, how long does he owe me before, like, he can leave without me being angry? Yeah. No, I think you're 100% right. I think you're 100% right. Uh, I've got three more topics that I want to hit on. Let's, right, let's, uh, let's do this one. And obviously, these don't have to be long. Arizona State has hired Brian Billick, former Baltimore Ravens head coach, as an offensive analyst and advisor to head coach Herm Edwards. So all of that talk in the offseason, or I guess the preseason before college football this year, about whether or not Arizona State was going to keep Herm Edwards, uh, I think we have certainly gotten our answer. Like they're going to have to get rid of some guys due to show causes and whatever else. There's still some guys that are suspended on administrative leave for a while, but uh, but you know we they've already got Marvin Lewis, who is also an advisor to the head coach. Um, Billick's 67 years old. He's been an analyst for NFL Network for a while. Uh, this is you know it's turning into uh, an NFL program <laughs> at Arizona State. Uh, this is uh. This is a bit of a strange move, but it's certainly turning into like a, a cush retirement job for some of these old NFL heads, right? Does this surprise you at all? I don't know how cush of a job it is. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet Billy's gonna end up being responsible and working harder at this than he was at the, you know. Oh, at NFL Network for sure, but it, that's the, the thing. NFL Network. He and Lewis aren't actually they're they're not on staff coaches. They're just advisors. So they're they're sitting in an office and. And uh, and going over film basically. Oh, they're analysts, okay? Yes. All yes. right. And you you understand what analysts are because you're a Bama fan. You know <laughs> that that's bullshit. They're absolutely one hundred percent coaching. That's uh, so. That is the plan. They're not supposed to be on the field coaching. Uh, everybody, I, I understand but, that. But yeah, I understand that. 
But Nick Saban took an analyst that's supposed to have never had any contact with any player whatsoever and in one week made him the OC of a national championship game. Okay? <laughs> now, do we think he did that without any, you know, relationship at all with the players, with the coaches? Let's, let's steer this back onto Arizona State. Let's okay. Go. <laughs> all right. okay. I, I think this is a weird hire. That's I what think I think. Really, like, is Brian Billick... Is, is Brad Billy the direction that, of football that we, you want your program going? He he last coached with the Ravens in 2007. Yeah. So I was in college still. Yeah, I mean, oh, what, a long time ago. That's 14 years. Well, no, I guess 15, 2022 20, 20, now. Uh, I mean, the NFL is completely completely shifted over. Like Herm Edwards when he was bringing in young upstart guys. That's when we thought Arizona State was, you know, maybe headed in the but, right direction. But, but here's the difference. He brought in those young upstart guys. He had a coup on his hands. Some of those guys were pretty ambitious and wanted his job. True. All right? And and then he also got in a lot of NCAA trouble. So I guess now we'll bring in a bunch of old bastards who aren't creative at all, and they're just going to do whatever I tell them. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's uh... – I don't think that's wrong. Billick last coached in college football at Stanford in 1991. <laughs> this, this is what his statement said. Uh, I love what they're doing at Arizona, uh, at Arizona State. It's all about structuring the NFL, and hopefully that's what I can bring to the table at ASU. My work for the last 12 years in television at Fox and NFL Network has allowed me to take a step back and see the game from a different angle. It broadened my perspective, and this is what I will bring to this position. Well, I, I hope it works because I like her. And I oh, yeah. thought Herm being hired there was going to be a huge embarrassing failure. And he's been a million times better than I could have ever imagined or been. Oh, so, yes. Yes, we were way wrong I hope, him. I hope Billick is an asset. And I hope Herm continues to have success at Arizona State. Because, because I, I like Herm in spite of the fact that it made me wrong. Like, I, <laughs> I just don't care. I like Herm. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. He's uh, hey, I, I'm going through some stuff for uh for the Bet US College Football Show. Um, Herm, as an underdog, since he got there in 2018, uh, 12 and six against the number. So and yeah, he's, he's I mean, I, I knew it was gonna right. be a big number. Oh yeah, now he's he, he hadn't been an underdog often, uh, but 12 and six. I mean that's 66 percent, man. That's somebody you can count on to uh to cash for you. All right. Well, let's... yeah, 18 years and what 18 games in four years. He's been an underdog. Uh, I, I guess that'd be in, is it five or is it four? 2018, 19, oh, 20, shit. 21. Oh, no, it's four. Years, it's four seasons. Four seasons. You're right. That's so, that's 18 four, times. four seasons. 18 games in four seasons, though, right? Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, not, that's not catching points many. Nope. It's, uh, for Arizona State, it's definitely not many. It's maybe four times a year. So that's, uh, that's a little surprising. And they did not catch points very often this year. I, I definitely know that. They were set up this year. Um. Let's move on. Let's talk about Gary Patterson right quick. And you and I have not hit on this yet, but Gary Patterson has been officially hired as a consultant, advisor, whatever. He's supposed to be an off-the-ball or off-the-field uh, analyst or coach, whatever, assistant to the head coach at Texas. And one, it's not the, – the connection makes it not super surprising, right? Because Chris Del Conte is the uh, athletic director at Texas. He was the AD that actually got Texas into the, or sorry, TCU into the Big 12. So that connection uh, has been there for a long, long, long time. 
But what made this move possible? Because everybody knows how much Gary Patterson hated Texas. He hated Hook'em. He hates the Longhorns, all that. But when you feel like you have been slighted by the place that you have given your entire career to, for the most part, uh, that's what makes a move like this possible, right? Because we all know how amped up he got his program for that Texas game. They beat Texas more than anybody else in the Big 12 other than maybe Oklahoma. And even then, I think he had a better record against Oklahoma. I was about Oklahoma. to say, yeah. I, would, I would go look at those numbers. Well, yeah, I think he had a better record. teams beat Texas a lot. I mean, beat Oklahoma a lot. Yes. And so TCU, I mean, they got up for that. And, and we also know that they rarely covered before the Texas game and after the Texas game. Everything was about that Texas game for TCU for a very, very long time because Gary Patterson wanted to shove it right up their ass every time, every time he played them. And now he is going to work for Steve Sarkeesian, and Texas definitely needs some defensive help, right? Like, TCU wasn't great this year on defense, but we all know what kind of a defensive mind Gary Patterson actually has. Uh, this is, I think this move is specifically vitriol towards TCU. Do you kind of feel the same way? Oh, this is 100%. This guy's going to work three weeks a year. And it's the three <laughs> weeks leading up to TCU. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. Do you think there's any chance they keep him off the field? This is another one of those, like, the Billick move. We were just talking about analysts, and they're not supposed to be on-field coaches. Oh, oh no, 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 like, no, no. Like, okay, <laughs> he'll never officially be uh, a coach on the field unless they get tired and want to fire Sark. And uh, and then he'll probably be the, the head coach that they name until they hire somebody else, like the interim guy. But, but officially, he'll never be that title. But, no, he's 100% going to coach every day. That's what these guys do. Because – the people who make these rules are morons, and they're cowards, and they're toothless. What are they going to do? Uh, it, well, the NCAA is completely restructuring, so I, I don't know of anybody that's going to come after them. You know? No, nobody's <laughs> going after anybody. And, and here's the thing. I don't have a problem with them not coming after you. I just want to make sure it's all across the board. Like, why have rules that you can't enforce? Agreed. Agreed 100%. 100%. But I, uh, I, do, I do love this. It was really, really weird. When you see the pictures of Gary Patterson wearing official Texas gear, I mean, it's, it's got the longhorn right there on his, uh, on his pullover. I mean, it's just the weirdest thing you've ever seen, if you know what you know about Gary Patterson, right? Which is how much yeah. he despised that program for the longest time. Um, but, you know, he, he respects Chris Del Conte. He, he respects CDC. And... You know, I, you get an opportunity to go and play against TCU every year, uh, at least for a little while, because, it, you know, obviously Texas will be moving over to the SEC sooner than later, we suppose. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you'll get a couple opportunities, we believe, to go after TCU, and that should be interesting. I, I cannot wait for the matchup this year. And finally, we'll close out on this one. LSU hype. Now, everybody was a little worried early on because nobody could really figure out exactly what was going on with Brian Kelly once he got to, because he's been the head coach since what, the end of November, early, early December. I mean, it, it's right after championship week, I believe. So early December, he has been the head coach in Baton Rouge and everything moved incredibly slowly. The recruiting process early uh, didn't take off, which obviously early signing day, it's kind of tough when you're a first-year head coach coming in. You've only been there for a couple weeks. But 
I mean, you get Frank Wilson in there. You, he has built a hell of a staff. And in the latest stuff right now, uh, they have really attacked the transfer portal. They are number two in 247's transfer portal rankings right now, right behind USC. Uh, again, he's, had, he's hired a killer staff. He's got, uh, I believe it's Corey Phillips coming over as a director of player personnel from NC State. And that is somebody that has SEC recruiting ties. Uh, he was a former head, uh, high school head coach in Nashville. Uh, hell of a hire again there. And all this stuff that's going on, obviously a lot of smoke around Caleb Williams right now with the LSU program. We thought it might be Texas A&M. Looks like it could be Caleb yeah. Williams. And Harold, I, Harold I was Perkins. trying to say nothing about it. <laughs> well, let's let me get through the rest of it. There's only one more. Harold Perkins, who is a five-star linebacker, just decommitted from Texas A&M. He was a part of that big heralded recruiting class, but he did not sign uh, back in back in December. And hey, uh, it, it, all signs are pointing right now to LSU for him. I mean, this is what is what is going on down in Baton Rouge has been absolutely killer for that program here lately. Uh, this thing could pick up steam, you know even earlier, if they are to land Caleb Williams. Uh, give me your thoughts on uh, on your, your Baton Rouge Tigers. No, I'm excited. I've tried really hard to not get – I texted you boys last night. Like, I've, I've seen a couple of LSU guys saying, you know, we, you know we're in the running for Caleb Williams. And, I've, and I made it clear. I, I am not even listening to it until I hear somebody with, like, legit bona fide credentials bring it up or talk about it. And it, it, it is an LSU beat writer, and so I take that for what it is. But he did point out in his report yesterday that I, that I was texting you guys about that Caleb Williams was down to Oklahoma or LSU in his original recruiting last year as a freshman. And we were, we were the other school he was going to go to if he didn't go to Lincoln Riley anyway. Um, I, I think a lot of the hot seat with O ran him off. I think he made the smartest decision he ever could have made um, going and playing under Lincoln Riley, and that's fine. I think if he goes and stays with Lincoln, that's great and good for him. But I've said this, every day that goes by is a bad day for USC. Oh, most certainly. Most because certainly. And, 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 I, and I'm the one that brought up the A&M factor. Why would you not go to A&M if you're Caleb Williams and you're looking at the roster, you're looking at the talent, and they really are. I think they are coming back away from being a national championship team. I don't know if LSU is or not. I'd love to think that and hope that. Caleb Williams absolutely changes that, though. And you're right. What Brian Kelly's doing has has me all kind of fired up and has me so excited for the direction of my, my, my program. We've got a guy in there that actually knows how to build a staff and how to run a program. He actually has a plan for all of these things. And the first thing that happened when he got there was everybody made fun of him. This guy from Boston who spent the last decade of his life in the Midwest is going to come into the SEC, not just the SEC, but in Louisiana, the most talent-rich state in the South per capita. And, you know, these guys all need Louisiana kids to stay home. Oh, and yeah. how are you going to get a guy from Boston to do that? How and, and easily. I'm just going to hire everybody who is the big name person from here that's really good at their job. Yes, it's it's kind of easy to do when you look at it that way, right? <laughs> like like he didn't have. Here's the best thing about it: he didn't have any ego to him whatsoever. 
I'm bad at this. I'm going to go get that guy. He did the same thing at Notre Dame, by the way, okay? What was hurting him at Notre Dame was he finally made a, a BCS title and, and, and a couple of playoffs. And he realized, my best recruiting is not getting these guys. I have to go out and get an elite recruiter. And he did. And he went and got a DC from Cincinnati that is an absolute elite recruiter in Marcus Freeman. Okay? And, and he, he understands what his flaws are more than he understands, you know, what he what he's good at. I think that's invaluable. I just think that's invaluable. Oh, it most certainly is. It most certainly is. What what he has done in Baton Rouge thus far, I I mean, what what you've had at LSU is Les Miles and Ed Orgeron, two guys that uh, are a lot of fun and yep. really fun guys to, to cheer for and to pull for. But the further you get away from when Nick Saban kind of came in and revitalized the program and kind of gave some structure, the further you get away from that, uh, you've seen all the things that have happened. Uh, well, it's been 15 years field. of no structure. Right. It's been, it's been head coaches that know how to recruit. They know how to rah-rah guys. They know how to get you fired up. They can sell the shit out of you. Oh, yeah. But, but they do it with flash, and they do it with with mannerisms, and they do it with, you know, Ed Orgeron. I love Ed to death. Ed Orgeron going to wrestle an alligator and break his jaw and, and you know, <laughs> put, a, put a worm in his mouth, and, and, and people are going to think, this is the crazy son of a bitch that I want to play for. But there's nothing to – that's just performative. Like, that, that doesn't actually do anything. How how are you making us better? Well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to whoop a man's ass, and I'm going to – oh, that, that's all fun, and that's all great, and it works on 17- and 18-year-olds. But at some point in time, I need to know your plan. And there was no plan. You know? <laughs> Sometimes waking up and whooping a man's ass ain't really the plan you think it is. Exactly. Yeah, uh, who knows? Who knows? And it's fun. Yeah. It's great when we have the arguments about whose coach can kick whose ass. It's always fun to be on top of that. Now we're—I'm going to bet we're on the bottom of that in the SEC. <laughs> but if we win football games, I don't care. Exactly. I, don't care. I needed my coach to be able to beat your coach's ass. I needed him because we couldn't beat Chelsea. That's it. <laughs> It's a lot more fun to win ball games than it is to win arguments, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And and here's the thing. Let's be real careful about this. I have no idea where LSU is on the pantheon of what we look like next year. I don't know how much of any of this is going to work. I don't know how much any of these guys are ready that, that he's bringing in. I don't know. I know this. At defense, we are completely inept right now at linebacker and secondary. I've never said that before in my life of being an LSU fan since I was in the ninth grade. Never never said those words. Okay? But right now, if we had to go play a football game this week, we do not have enough guys that are capable of playing at a Division One level at the linebacker or secondary position. I think you've got right? enough guys to play D1 level. I don't think you've got enough to play SEC level, and that's the problem, right? Oh, I don't. Like, I, I, would, I would worry about the Memphis's. And 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 you know. Oh yeah, I mean the, absolutely. The, the the Fresno State, like I, like I'm telling you, it ain't just SEC, and it ain't just you know P5. I would I would worry considerably about those games, but but we don't play next week. That's that's the beauty of it. We don't play next week. I'm okay. We're all right. Hey, you uh you know who LSU opens with, right? 
oh god yes and i'm i'm not looking forward to i'm looking forward to next year I, you, you brought up Memphis. Friend. It's for for anybody listening. It's Florida State in uh in the Superdome. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I will I will hold my I will hold my breath. Here's the thing. I, I I think we're better than Florida State right now. I think we've been better than Florida State for a while. I I I, I don't know how long we're going to be better than them unless unless all of this that Brian's doing works. I, I have high hopes. We'll say that. But the hype right now oh, is, oh, is no. really, really good. Um, but I do believe it's going to take a little bit of time to to get everything fully gelling the way it, you know the way a championship program operates. And it and we've seen this with even the best of coaches is it takes two to three years to really get things up and rolling. And, uh, I mean, Nick Saban won his uh, first national title at Alabama in his third season, uh, but he had it turned around in year two, and that's kind of what I'm expecting here. I think uh, I don't think with the I don't think with the transfer portal you've got to do that anymore though. I mean, we just saw Mel Tucker walk into one of the worst coaching situations possible, and in and in one full season the next year, he's he's in legit competition for the Big Ten title. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Right, it, it, he did it in in his second season. I think Brian Kelly's second season is when you'll really, really see strides. They're going to beat somebody that they probably shouldn't beat this year, and they'll lose to somebody that they probably shouldn't lose to. And that's well, that's the way these see, first years once go. Once again, that's all pending on talent. If they end up getting Caleb Williams, Gary, I don't know that that's, uh, that's uh, you, you I, have a point. I, like, I think with the transfer portal, they can solve the linebacker position and and the, the DB position and, and, and by, by, by signing day, and, and we're fine. Like, like – like I'm not saying we're going to win the national title, but I'm just saying we're now in legit competition to win games. Now, like True. like ten win seasons are realistic if we can make that move. Without him, oh no, yeah, they could they could win nine games, they could win four games. I don't know. Like I I, I, I will tell you this: they will not uh, they will not be four and eight this year. Uh, I think the floor is six and six. I think uh, I think there's a chance they could end up you know eleven and one somewhere around there. So. The SEC is just so tough right now, Gary. Oh, it is. The SEC, yes. so that, like Arkansas is not going backwards. Like we, we took. I've got an Arkansas friend that was giving me shit because LSU took two secondary guys from them in the transfer portal. But then they took they took our best starter. And I think it's, we got a we got two guys that are going to fight, and 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 I think they're going to be potential starters or a lot of playing time. You just took a first round draft pick, all right? Which one would you rather have? Uh, true. The, the two guys that might play are the guy that's going to play on Sundays if he doesn't get hurt. I, I'm I'm 100% with you. Yes, I'm 100% with you. Uh, but at the same time, as good as Arkansas was this year, even a beaten-down LSU team uh, still was within three points of them. I mean, it, it, like, oh, But I think thing. we're going to be within three points of everybody, though, Gary. That's what like, I'm saying. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I, I, but I think the SEC is going to be that. I mean, I just don't see a lot of ass kicking. Okay, no. Like, I don't know what Ole Miss looks like because so I think Matt Corral was so important to that team. I don't know what they're going to look like at all. But like, I think State is going to be considerably better than they were. Like, I think Auburn and 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 Ole Miss could take a step back, but I think everybody else is taking a step forward. And when we were DFL in the SEC West, especially, like, okay, like, all right. We might we might step over two guys that beat us, but that's not a real real hard you know hill to climb. No, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, the last thing I'll say the uh, the latest on Caleb Williams, 
Wisconsin hired Bobby Ingram, who's the tight ends coach from the Baltimore Ravens, as their new offensive coordinator. Uh, Billy Embody, who covers LSU and SMU for On3.com, he posted, not that anybody should really care, but very interesting turn here. I switched my crystal ball pick to Wisconsin for Caleb Williams. Uh, He said, Badgers hiring Bobby Ingram is expected to turn things to them. Crazy. So... Uh, we'll see about that. Um, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't see this kid going up to play Midwestern football. Like, I, I just don't see that. I don't see him. He wants to go somewhere that will help him in the NFL. Now, I don't know that Brian Kelly has a track record of putting quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's also never had a quarterback as good as Caleb Williams. Agreed. Um, so so that's, a, that's a part of it. You know, I, I'm just going to tell you, that, that Wisconsin ain't, ain't where you're going to be a quarterback in the NFL, okay? Agreed. I, 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 I think, think of it the exact same way. Coach, you know my opinion. Yeah. I love Wisconsin. I think that head coach is going backwards. I think that program is going backwards. Now, maybe this OC hire will be a big deal, and it will put, you know project them forward a lot. I love this team. This was, this was the Big Ten team of my youth, man. This was the Big Ten team that I loved my whole childhood. Oh, yeah. And, and – I I just don't I don't like Paul Chris. I I I used to, but I've seen him regress. I, I will I will tell you uh, I will tell you who does like Paul Christ, and that is Caleb Williams' dad. Has a fantastic relationship with Paul Christ. So uh, we'll see. You know, it's it, all this stuff is very interesting. Very very interesting. So who who knows where well, they? I would imagine every, every day that goes by is a bad day for Lincoln. Yeah, you got that right. The if he does not announce USC by Friday, which would be the twenty eighth, uh, that is when classes start for USC. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, if he doesn't announce by then, then I would imagine he will end up elsewhere. Uh, but as it is right now, I mean, I don't I don't know where he's going to get into class uh, early enough. Right well, now. I, well, I definitely. Well, I mean, <laughs> so like you and I know this. If he chooses Wisconsin or LSU, like, get him in a class ain't going to be hard. Okay? No, These are state in. schools in, like, dumb-dumb states. Okay? Yeah. This, this, is, this is not the, the Ivy League here of academics. Now, I know we all like to think that our schools are great academic institutions. They're not, all right? They're not. Some of them are. Some of them are highly rated as that, and I give them great credit for that. But for the most part, these state schools, and they can get anybody in anywhere they need. You got that right. I you went to Ole Miss with guys that I could barely read, and I wasn't an athlete. I didn't bring anything to the table, okay? I, I, I literally could read it like a fifth-grade level, and I got an Ole Miss, and I did fun, okay? <laughs> I was in classes with athletes, baseball players, basketball players, football players, that that bonafidely could not read. <laughs> they did just fine, by the way. All of course. They, they all passed fine. I mean, some of them were on the, yeah. uh, on the academic honor roll, right? Like the yeah. <laughs> academic honor so, roll. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. So, so this is this – is so when guys – now, Florida, Florida doesn't play those games. Michigan, Michigan doesn't play those games, all right? And, and maybe they might start to, but they don't. But if you let's, – let's not kid ourselves about can we get him into school so he can whatever. Getting him into school ain't going to be hard as long as he chooses the state school. You got that right. You got that right. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Um, 
Here, we'll go on and end it there. That seems like a good spot, and that's going to get us to uh, almost exactly an hour, so it's perfect. Uh, Chris, I will go ahead and let you go since you're on the phone. You don't have to listen to uh, the outro and all that good stuff. So, brother, I appreciate you joining me uh, today. I know it was a little crazy, hectic trying to get this thing done, but uh, but we got our picks in, and we got some news talked about. Thank you for waiting on me. Thank hey, you. Anytime, you. brother. I'll talk to you later. All right, so that was Chris. You guys have been fantastic. We certainly appreciate you again. Reach out to us on Twitter if you would like to. We always answer and respond to tweets and whatnot. I am at GaryWCE. Chris is at ChrisBGiannini. And, of course, there is the show's Twitter page, and that is at WinningCures. You can find all of this over on the website, WinningCuresEverything.com. Again, the show is brought to you each and every time out by BetUS. It is where the game begins. It's America's premier online sports book. You can find it at betus.com. There's a ton of bonuses and deals and whatnot right now, so make sure that you go get signed up. There is a link in the description. You can click that and go and follow that. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube page. We are almost to 1 million lifetime views. Uh, We started this in, well, really, we started the YouTube channel in 2018. So we're talking... Four years, a little over four years, somewhere around there. It was about football season when we uh, when we kicked this thing off in 2018. So not quite five years yet, but uh, but we are we are getting there. So uh, make sure that you watch as many of these videos as you can. <laughs> Certainly helps us out. Make sure that you are subscribed and that you like this video for us. Share it out. Share the show. Tell your friends about it. All that good stuff. And uh, and again, check out the BetUS College Football Show. I do that every Wednesday afternoon. Go over there and subscribe. There's a link in the description for that. With that said, you guys have been awesome. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.